This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, we look to week one now. Sunday, full slate of action. JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel of VEASAN is with us right now. And let's get to the Sunday night, the primetime game, the one that you have circled, JVT. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road. Have some uh, offensive line injuries. And the Dallas Cowboys, well, they had their high-profile left tackle, Tyron Smith, who is out uh, for most of the season. The Bucks go to, uh, to Dallas here as two-and-a-half-point favorites at Bet Rivers. Yeah, and for me, I'm going to lay it with Tampa Bay. So, one, it's not the best situation, right, for Tampa Bay being on the road. But, again, home field is really not worth that much anymore. I think that's why you see these so many road favorites this week one. The, playing away from home is not what it used to be, right? These guys aren't on Spirit Airlines jammed into a little tube having to go down there. <laughs> uh, it's God. a lot easier, <laughs> right? It's a lot easier to travel nowadays. And, and these staffs are, are preparing these guys when to sleep, when to eat, when to breathe, all those things. So travel is not what it is anymore. And these guys have been playing football in these type of environments for a very long portion of their lives. So I don't really worry too much when it comes to road favorites if we're getting a favorable situation, and I believe we are. You mentioned the issues for the uh, Buccaneers when it comes to the interior of their offensive line, and that is truly going to be a very big issue for them. But I think when you face a team like Dallas and, and when you evaluate the roster as a whole, I think when you look around at them defensively, the Dallas Cowboys, there's no real dominant interior presence along their defensive line. For example, if you look at it, Carlos Watkins uh, is one of their highest-graded interior pass rushers, and by a PFF standard, he got a 63. Okay, That's not very good from that standpoint. And I always stress that's only one outlet's measurement, but that still gives you an idea of what we're looking at here for Dallas. So I think from that respect, Tom Brady and the offensive line, they're going to be able to do that. And Tom Brady is a guy who gets rid of the ball. He can make his offensive line better with the way that he plays. And the other part of this, too, is this secondary for Dallas. I have my questions. You know, Trayvon Diggs was one of the best corners from a, in a turnover standpoint a season ago. He also gave up 1,000 yards receiving. And I think that was kind of lost in the scheme of things when you look at how good that season was for him. It was actually all right. I mean, again, use one metric. The PFF had him as the 80th-ranked corner in the NFL last year, despite those turnovers, almost lucking into those. When you give up as a corner over 1,000 yards, it's a little bit of an issue. This is a deep receiving core for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think all of this kind of put together, and we're under this key number. Then you evaluate Dallas offensively. The offensive line issues, as you mentioned, the fact that this wide receiver core is now very dangerously thin, I would say. And at the beginning of the season, at least, they seem dead set on forcing the issue when it comes to Zeke Elliott. All of these things put together, since we're under that key number of three, I laid it with Tampa Bay. I think the Bucs are in a favorable spot here on the road against the Cowboys. Trayvon Diggs, a bit of a, not a bit, a big time risk taker, and it took yep. some uh, opposing offenses a time to adjust to that, uh, put him in some double. Randy Gregory kind of slipped out of there 
uh, they're going to miss him uh, from that defensive front uh, as well. And I've got uh, Dallas under their win total. I mean, the, the, the Tyron Smith, I mean, I just I just jumped on that. I was looking to go under before. After that, I was all in, and I also took the Eagles uh, to win the NFC East. Bucks minus two and a half. Let's go to another good one, another uh, a divisional game. And, boy, these two teams are right back at it. That memorable uh, last game yeah. of the uh, of week 17 uh, last year, or week 18, rather, Sunday night game, back and forth. Do they go for the tie? Chargers had it – I mean, the Raiders had it won like 10 times, but the Chargers would just would just not go away. And then, they, uh, of course, the kid from Auburn kills the field goal at the end. This was three for a big part of the summer. It's at three and a half. Chargers at home. Raiders probably have more fans. Uh, Raiders getting three and a half, JVT. Yeah, give me the give me the field goal on the hook here with the Raiders. And you mentioned one of the key parts of this. You know, home field does vary by team to team. And when we talk about diminishing home field, right, it, even a spot like the Los Angeles Chargers, Chargers have been dealing with this for a while, uh, that is not really a home field advantage for them. You get to sleep in your own beds, yes, all those sort of things. But it's a short trip for the Raiders, and it is going to be a stadium that is a little bit more skewed toward the Raiders fans as opposed to Chargers fans. We kind of know this at this point right now. But for me, I want to focus on the Raiders offensively. And it's not where I think you like where a lot of people want to go. Yes, they improved this receiving core. Yes, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and all the weapons that Derek Carr has. But Josh McDaniels is going to be like Bill Belichick, right? They're a very game plan heavy type of guys. And what I mean by that is look at the Chargers. The Chargers, if they had one weakness last year, it was their interior defense. It was their rush defense. Their run defense was among the worst in the National Football League. They actually ranked dead last in multiple advanced metrics against the run, and they're not really getting that much better. You had a couple of bodies in the offseason, but again, their bodies, they're not interior run stuffers. They're going to greatly improve you, and even if they do, you're coming from 32 to what point when you're talking about some rotational guys that you're adding to the interior. So that that weakness is still going to be there. Uh, we talk about the Chargers and some of the offseason additions they made there's some questions about jc jackson one of their interior their corners that they added in the offseason a very very good corner but he's day-to-day right now and how healthy is he going to be playing corner against this improved wide receiver core uh when he is day-to-day with an ankle injury so that's something that kind of worries you right so i think overall when you're talking about a key number three and a half a Raiders team that I believe is going to be very game plan heavy and going after some of the weaknesses the Chargers very much have. A Chargers team that's clearly been upgraded by the market, and yet one of those upgrades in J.C. Jackson might not even play, and even if he does, he might not be fully healthy. I think all of this kind of leads me to taking three and a half of the Las Vegas Raiders. The Chargers are, again, kind of one of those teams where I want to take a position on or against, and I'm going to take that position against relatively early, especially when we're talking about three and a half and what is, at very best, a neutral site game for these two teams. Uh, Raiders, nobody dealt with more distraction than what yep. they did last year. They're improved when you bring in a guy like Adams on one side and then Jones on the other. Um, and, but then you throw in, what do you, what do you favor more? They're very fortunate in all the close games uh, last night. A big, uh, big winning. Uh, it was at seven and one. It, it was, it was. They fell most of their way in mm-hmm. the uh, very, very tight games. How do you weigh that, JVT, and you're looking at the Raiders moving forward in this brutally tough AFC West? Oh, I think that's definitely – usually that's one of the very key things you want to look at, right? A team's record in close wins uh, and or losses, that's usually a sign for regression in the grand scheme of things. So I would say probably big picture, it's not a really great sign for the Raiders that they did so well uh, in those one-score games. 
I would say that the additions that they made, including Devontae Adams, that does change things a little bit, right? You're not running it back with the same team that got lucky in all of those contests. You're making some improvements, and thus maybe that is going to help offset some of the luck that you got and maybe some of the bad luck that you're going to get coming back here. But I would say, yeah, it's, it's completely fair when you look at the Raiders, if we're talking about their win total, if you're talking about everything that you, comes into a season, that is one of the very strong factors that points to you having a bounce back in a negative fashion after they went to the postseason last year and lost to the Bengals. So uh, it is, I think, worrisome in a big picture, but in a game like this, I think it it doesn't factor in for me. And I will also say this, when you look at some of the matchups to look at too, while this offensive line for the Chargers is very good, that right tackle spot is a very, very big question mark. It's a very big issue. And they have two edge rushers, the Raiders do, that can kind of exploit that. So you wonder how that affects a matchup like this. But I would say when it comes to the turnover differential, big picture, Mike, or excuse me, the, uh, win to the record in close games, it might uh, really burn you. But I think in a single game like this, I'm willing to take three and a half. All right, and for what it's worth, too, uh, preseason, uh, the Raiders from the Hall of Fame game to preseason games yep. to practices, uh, combined practices against the Patriots, they looked as clean and as pre- impressive as you could and with a first-year coach in Josh McDaniels. Coaches get better uh, as they, they get uh, deeper into their career. Some of the high-volume games at Bet Rivers start with one of those 10 favorites on the road, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are picked to win – uh, the uh, in AFC North ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals. They go to the Jets. Joe Flacco will make the start here. It's at seven and forty-four and a half. JVT. Yeah, and so for me, if we're just talking about from a from a line perspective or from a total perspective, uh, my initial thought is actually underdog and under here for a matchup like this. I do think when you look at the New York Jets, there are some really quality pieces that you kind of like, and it actually made them one of the more intriguing teams if Zach Wilson was going to be able to play. Uh, they littered the offense with really good talent along the skill positions. Uh, the offensive line, yes, they lost Mekhi Becton, but Dwayne Brown's a really solid band-aid to throw on the issue, and overall, the offensive line has gotten better. Uh, and on the flip side of it, last year, they're rolling with fifth and sixth round rookies as their starting corners. Well, that completely changes with their one of their first top-tier picks uh, in the cornerback room, and of course, in addition to free agency so you look around the Jets are a team that I think have some really um, I would say some good signs for some positive trajectory upward and you look at Baltimore uh, the fact that Baltimore is coming into this with some question marks we know that's all we've been talking about with Lamar Jackson the contract issue if they're going to get that worked out somewhat of a distraction uh, but also Ronnie Stanley who I expect to be healthy and is a Vegas kid just returned to practice the other day so you don't know how effective he's going to be when he returns to that offensive line and I think when you look at it too this is going to be a work in progress for this receiving core. I think when it when you look at Baltimore, at the end of the day, I believe they are the best team in the AFC North. Very slight, but I think they are. And I think that eventually wins out. But when you're talking about this initial game, where you're laying seven against a Jets team that might have a little bit of value on them on a day-to-day basis, or I should say a week-to-week basis, as you move into the NFL season, I tend to look at plus seven and under the total of what might be a kind of an ugly game. But I will say, as we were trying to talk about, Jimmy, Baltimore is definitely a teaser candidate if you're getting through seven and three and a lot of people are going to use them. Um, but I would say for me, I actually initially looked at New York than anything else here. Another one, uh, New England uh, makes the first trip down to hot and humid South Florida in Miami. This uh, this uh, number was three for most of the summer. It's at now three and a half. The Dolphins are uh, getting some love uh, from the market. Three and a half and 46 with all of Tua's new toys on the offensive side. 
And the Raiders, or excuse me, the uh, the Patriots, kind of the inverse of the Raiders, right? Like, I don't think I've heard a positive thing about them throughout training camp and preseason as we got ready for the regular season. And the Patriots are one of the win totals I have. I bet them under eight and a half. And for me, in this matchup, if Tua Tungvaluwa is going to look comfortable in his first game, it's a matchup nightmare for New England. Their cornerback room is an absolute mess. We mentioned J.C. Jackson, who was with the Patriots, is now gone. The fact that they bring in Malcolm Butler, but he, of course, has to leave because he injures himself, so they release him. This is a cornerback room that I think is going to be a very big problem for New England. And if you read reports throughout training camp, whether it was the joint practice, the Panthers, or the Raiders, that was one of the common themes, that the corners were not performing very well. And now you mentioned the new toys. Well, now you have one of the fastest offenses in the NFL from a skill position standpoint coming at you here. It's a situation that has not gone well for New England. It's why Bill Belichick showed up five days early in Miami. They have not done well in Miami early part of the year. I think all of these things put together, I agree with the market. It's not something that I bet because I have my reservations about what Tua Tungavailoa could be. But if you get an adequate game from Tua and these skill guys are exactly what we expect them to be, I think this is a matchup that does not bode well for the New England Patriots and awful uh, their offense. We don't know what that's going to look like from a play calling standpoint. I think a lot of signs point in the direction of Miami. I think the market's getting this right driving this one up. I like Miami as well. Um, just yep. a little bit curious how the transition from the head man will go from Flores, who did yep. such a wonderful job getting the most out of very little in a tough situation. <laughs> I mean, he, he overcame tanking uh, down in Miami. So uh, I want to see how that goes. But uh, there's a lot of uh, sources of optimism uh, down in South Beach. And finally, another big one, uh, big volume game at Bet Rivers, the Philadelphia Eagles. Boy, they are a fashionable pick for uh, – all kinds of uh, divisional win totals. Um, shot to make the uh, to win the uh, a- NFC. Ian NFC is way more open than the AFC. It is a lighter field, no doubt about that. They're one of those ten road favorites. They're four and forty-eight and a half against the hard knock Detroit Lions. <laughs> So I think this is, for me, one to kind of easily scratch off because I believe this is a matchup of two very overvalued teams in their own respect. You have Detroit, who uh, Dan Campbell, among the favorites to win coach of the year, right, after everything that we've seen in hard knocks. And a team that very quietly last year was actually one of the best cover teams in the National Football League. And I don't think betters really forget about that. So you have that aspect for Detroit. And I think there's aspects of Detroit that are greatly improved. Their offensive line, I think, quietly is going to be, at the very least, a top 10 unit. They have done a very good job in rebuilding that I think if you look at their skill position talent there's a really solid foundation for them when it comes to their wide receivers and running backs but I think at the end of the day there is an overvalued sense when it comes to Detroit coming into this season when you look at some of the futures aspects and the prices around that team and on the flip side you mentioned you have Philadelphia the pick du jour I guess when it comes to the NFC East the NFC as a whole I don't think Jalen Hurts should be in the range of about 25-1 to 1 to win an MVP. Like those are kind of indicators for me that these teams are both overvalued, and yet they're playing one another in the first week. If I was playing a side, I think it would be Detroit. Again, my questions for Philadelphia are all about Jalen Hurts. You go back to that playoff game against Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers Horrible. said, and he, right, and, and that Horrible. was part of the thing, Jimmy, is they stacked the box and they said, if you're going to win, you're going to beat us with Jalen Hurts and that's it. And he didn't. And last year he went through a stretch of eight games, seven of which he threw for under 200 yards. Is that improving for, for Jalen Hurts as we come into this year? Those are my questions. And it's to the point where I don't want to lay over a field goal with that team uh, and yes, on the road again, not really worth that much, but you're still talking about over three and laying four with that sort of team. And to me, that's not something I want to do. So while these are two overvalued teams, I'm going to sit back and watch. If you're asking me to pick, though, I think it would be Detroit at home catching the points. Jalen Hurts still running quarterback. 
And whether you're uh, RG3, Tim Tebow, Vince Young, and some others, I mean, uh, running quarterbacks are short-lived. Maybe Michael Vick had the longest, the longest sustained, I guess, sort of success. He won one playoff game. And does yeah. uh, so Lamar Jackson is doing it right now with a little – he's sustained it a little bit. He's one in three uh, in playoff games. And, you know, Jalen Hurts might be the best quarterback on his team because they're run-oriented. The best passers are sitting behind him. Gardner Minshew gets the ball out of his hands. He, he anticipates throws. He does not have to see the guy open to throw it. And so um, – and I just don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to develop as a passer. He is a – he's a legitimate – running back at the NFL level. His power numbers, his lifting numbers are, are phenomenal uh, when he was at Alabama. And, I mean, he's a, he's a great runner. But as a quarterback, I just don't know. And I think there's a ceiling when it comes to their success in the postseason. Win totals, things like that, I don't know. But beware when mm -hmm. you get them uh, into the playoffs. So, again, uh, JVT going with the Raiders plus three and a half. Bucks minus two and a half. I'm with you on Jets. I think there's a value at home. Jets in the number and the uh, under as well. I think we both uh, checked off Miami and Philadelphia, Detroit. I'm confused on that one uh, also. One other one that is a high-profile game is Indianapolis and Houston. I think that's a lot of points in a row. I like what I see out of Davis Mills. I like what I see out of the young running back at Pierce. I like what I see out of a little bit of a fight out of this Lovey Smith coach team uh, and being a pro there that they may be a little bit more competitive than maybe some of the others like the Bears, the Falcons, and the others that a lot of people have at the bottom of the league projected to this season. For JVT and Beeson, we'll do it every week talking NFL football. I'm Jimmy Ott here at Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers YouTube Network.